Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. He's on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone line. It is Chris Harrington. What is this number, Chris? Uh, that's uh, the great Oscar the Grouch with Let Your Frown Be Your Umbrella. Um, so then out to John Morant. There was a question last night after the game. I, I, I assume it was going to be a question. It started out with the statement, so after so-and-so play, you smiled, and then Ja just cut the guy off and said, I didn't smile. <laughs> I saw that. It was fantastic. It was, it, was, it was the dunk with a minute to go. He said, right. you got particularly high, and it looked like you just smiled. No, I didn't smile. <laughs> no, there will, be, there will be no smiling. There were no smiles. Damn it. Even yes. in victory, last night was a night without smiles. There were no smiles involved, except for those watching Jared Jackson Jr. Uh, he's unbelievable. Like, I don't know. Are you finally coming around to liking Jared Jackson Jr.? Chris, I know you're one of the you last know, holdouts. It's taken me a long time <laughs> to finally make peace with, with Jaron being good at basketball and, like, being a player who, like, fits, you know, what I like in basketball players. But I think I'm finally You're getting finally there. finally getting yeah. there. We'll talk to him. Uh, we'll talk more about him in a moment. I can't imagine you are terribly exercised about booing one way or another, but uh, it is one of well, the topics on the table. Where are you on booing? I don't know if exercise is the right term, but I don't like it. I didn't like it. I, I've never – I mean, that's not the first time we've had that kind of experience. And the booing, the booing of the home, the home, you know, arena player, at least here, is almost always in that kind of situation. It's not like no one's ever booing somebody because they missed a defensive assignment or because they're late getting back in transition. It's when a player has been struggling offensively and the frustration builds, understandable frustration builds over the offensive struggles. And then fans start expressing that frustration in the booing. And it feels like a piling on. It feels like a making a situation worse. I mean, we've seen it with Nick Calathis. We've seen it with Tayshawn Prince. We've seen it with Rudy Gay. Like, I don't. You I know, specifically, I'm not, I'm not I remember it more do, clearly. I don't enjoy it. Yeah, I don't either. I wouldn't do it. I, I remember it more clearly with Tayshawn Prince than with anyone else. Like, he, he missed a shot, and there were boos, and he reacted to the boos and was happy about the boos. Was Nick Calathis. Booed for missing. Sh- I don't re- actually. Rem- I do remember that he was booed. 
I can't remember the specifics. I don't remember the exact when those missing shots are like you know. At one point, he dribbled himself into a corner right. or whatever. General but it was ineptitude. Struggle. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was offensive struggle. Yeah, he was given a job he was not equipped to handle, honestly, and at that moment right. in his career, and uh, and. And it is funny, like a lot of this stuff, it really, like the bigger issue with this team is the lack of wind depth and the bigger, you know, it's, it's the, it's roster construction at this point, given everything that's happened, um, than, than it is Dylan, you know, whatever. So, um, but I'm with you. I thought it was poor form. I would not have done it. Um, and I don't like it. I really don't. It's, it's, it's kind of painful. And I obviously... Dylan doesn't like it either. Like, you know, I, he, he, he reacted emotionally in the locker room afterwards and said effing Memphis. Uh, and, uh, and I, you know, it's totally, un- I, that emotional reaction is totally understandable. Isn't it? Isn't it to you? Yeah, definitely. And to me, Dylan, I don't have the exact words, but Dylan, to me, the quote of the year, the quote of the year, everyone will remember, will remember from the Grizzlies this season is we're fine in the West. Right. But to me, the quote of the year was Dylan in Toronto where he just said, you know, basically, I bust my ass on defense every night, and my teammates, you know, my, my teammates, you know, um, respect me or whatever, and and I'm, you know, I know I'm trying, I'm trying to get better, and blah blah blah. And to me, like you said, a lot better than I just did. But to me, like that was like a quote of the year, and it was all true. I do think people think he's not self-aware about his offensive struggles. I mean, he really is. And even last night, like, you know, 2 of 12 is rough, but, like, the 12 for a starting wing on a team, I mean, the ball's moving around and people have to take shots, and they just don't have, you know, other than their three main players, there's, like, no one out there who's making shots, you know? Well, that's the problem, and that's the – the when Tony Allen would take a shot, it felt like a act of self-indulgence because there were other – no one ever wanted him to shoot, really, I, you know, unless right. you're going to the rim. And so I think it was appropriate to wince if Tony Allen is taking a shot. Dylan Brooks is told by Ja to take the shot, is told by his right. coach to take the shot. And these were either close misses from four feet or they were wide open threes. And I went back yeah. I went back and watched all of his field goal attempts uh-huh. and there was maybe one maybe one that was like a four shot you'd want to take back. But mostly they were like, you know, they were open. They were shots that you would want your small forward to take in the flow of your offense, right? You would right. just want him to make a few more of them. <sighs> But there was no one else, and there's no one else to make them. There's no one else to take them. There's no one else to make them. There's Dez, and that's it. So, um, um, do you, you know, whatever. It's one win. It doesn't mean, I, 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 you, you made this point. We were talking about it afterwards in the media room. The win is nice, and the win certainly beats the alternative, but all of their weaknesses were fully on display last night. Yeah, no, I think the win was more than nice. I think the win was needed. Right. And I think it, you know, maybe lets a little pressure out of the balloon, but but all the all the, the, the ingrained problems, the Dylan Brooks terrible shooting was there and the the complete lack of pop off the bench, at least along the perimeter. I mean, did Brandon Clark get a good game? The, the front court depth is, is pretty decent. But the, the lack of pop in the perimeter after beside your starting backcourt is glaring. And yeah, and, and you know, you're struggling you have to summon it. It's sort of like the Indiana game. You finally summon a big effort in the second half to put together, to put away a team that's not as good as you. And so 
that was not a win that cured everything. It was it was one that was nice to get, but it didn't. You know, all the structural issues or and trending issues were all still there. Uh, back to that in a minute. Uh, Jaron was tremendous, and as you as you sort of explored in some of the questions afterwards, also um, they're expanding his role. Fair to say, offensively or I, reemphasizing, I feel like- yeah. I watched his shots too, and I didn't. I didn't. I didn't count it up. But I feel like most. He took five threes. I think. I think most of the rest of his shots and 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 his one assist were all came out of post plays. I think they went to him more in the post than 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 not only than they normally do, which is true. But I don't know if they even this season they've gone to him more. Um, in, in the beginning of the game, he was just. I mean, he. I thought. I it, it, going back and watching it again, I felt bad all over again for Pat Williams because he was just, just he, he destroyed him at the beginning of the game. But then at the end of the game, the two big plays late. One was you know they they went him in the post and he found Ja the cutting Ja for the layup. And then they went back to him again and he scored on a double team. And I don't you know I'm not saying he's a Kim Olajuwon as a post scorer or Marcus All as a passer or whatever, but it, it, it is it is a, it is something that is growing. And I think they should explore and exploit more and try to grow it more. Where Jenkins talks about, you know, we have to be better in half court offense. One way, you know, throughout think of all history, even today, to be better at half court offense is having big men who can do stuff in the paint, both for themselves and others. And so, to me, it, it, it is an exciting thing to see that aspect of Jaron's game starting to grow. Uh, and we saw a lot of Brandon Clark in the fourth quarter. May have played the entire fourth quarter. Um... Well, what what do you make of his minutes up and down and his role up and down throughout the course of this season, and then what we saw last night? I mean, I think historically they've been reluctant to play him heavy minutes, and I think I think part of that is you know his size and the way the athleticism based way he plays, some of the limitations he has he has size wise against certain matchups. Um, I think what Taylor Jenkins said was, was sort of right. I mean, with with him and Tillman, it's sort of it's playing the hot hand and playing matchups and just trying to decide in game to game, quarter to quarter, whatever, as a coach, who's going to give you the better chance to win. And he won't always make the right decision as a head coach, but that is what he's trying to do. It's not obvious, like who, which of the two should play. He has to sort of feel his way through games and through matchups on that. What'd you think of the, uh, the Josh stuff yesterday? Let's see. We had the, uh, the, uh, the press conference where he said, I was, you know, it was all a fake report. Basically we had them, him tweeting, uh, rap lyrics that he's not going to flip on his buddies. And, uh, what else did we have? And, you know, uh, uh, and then, and then refusing to smile afterwards, but he did. Yeah, I, I uh, think, uh, yeah, go ahead. But he did turn off his comments, uh, the, the comments on Twitter. John Martin tells me that he turned off. Yeah, the I noticed that to last comment. night because yeah. I actually I don't normally look at that, but I did click on that that one tweet uh, with with the lyric to see what some of the responses were, and there weren't any. I was like, huh, and then you could tell you could see the little thing about you could only you you could only reply if you if he follows you basically, which is like three hundred people, right. Um, um, I thought he was pretty sullen in the post game. I thought he 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 came across as wounded, which I think that's probably how he feels. Um, you know, to what degree he should or shouldn't, or that's warranted or not. Right. I mean, I think it's a little both and complicated or whatever. Um, but I think that's the way he came across. I mean, my hope is that a you know we move past this and there's right. not other stuff that that that's worth talking about in that in the same way. And B, he gets past it in his sense of of, of, of being wounded about it, 
and, and, you know, can reclaim some of that joy that we all like to see, you know, him express, you know, in the game and, and after the game. That's the perfect word. I, I thought both Ja and Dylan seemed wounded uh, last last night. And it was it's just a weird – it was just sort of a strange night, obviously a, a needed win um, in the end. In the meantime, I gather that Mark Stein is reporting on his Substack account – that the Grizzlies literally right right as right as you were calling me. I I I I am actually a subscriber to, to Stein's thing. And what he said, I didn't have a chance to read the whole thing, but uh-huh. I glanced through for the word Grizzlies. Okay. And the the, the one the one reference I saw is he, he said that um and I don't know how it was phrased, I'm hearing or whatever, but but I guess the the understanding or what he's what he's quote unquote reporting is that the Grizzlies are one of three teams along with New Orleans and the New York Knicks known to be offering two first-round picks for OG Ananobi. Do you know what the Grizzlies' picks stack up compared to their picks? And I, if, if, it, depends, it depends on which picks. picks. I mean, I, I, I haven't gone and looked at the, the Knicks. Right. I mean, I probably would have. You know, I was literally already on the phone. Jeffrey had already called me because I was reading it on my phone. But, um, I mean, the Knicks, the Pelicans. The Pelicans have when, the Lakers pick, teams, for God's sakes. They could give a lot. Yeah, yes, yeah. When you think of teams, you think of like their own picks, but it's always more complicated than that. And so I'm pretty sure the Falcons have some Lakers picks and they have some Milwaukee picks from the Drew Holiday trade. The Knicks have done so many trades, I don't even know where which picks are theirs and what, you know, do they have a Dallas trade? Do they still have Dallas picks from the Porzingis trade? Do they have, you know, I don't know. Uh, with the Grizzlies, you know, it's all their own picks, but they also have the Golden State pick, which is lightly protected in 2024, which I'm guessing – of the picks for the next three years, I think the Golden State pick would be the one that would be the most in demand. Now they could all they could at this point you could trade some like unprotected protected pick in twenty twenty nine or whatever, right. and maybe someone would rather have that than the Golden State pick. Um, but I'd, I'd have to get into the weeds and look at what specific picks these teams have to, to, to answer your question that I've now droned on about for two minutes without answering. Do you have a? Firm conviction that if if the Grizzlies acquire OG Ananobi, will Dylan Brooks be leaving as part of that transaction? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that would that would depend on Toronto and I whatever whatever feel I have for 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 the Grizzlies, which is not much. I got right. zero feel for Toronto, right? Um, and and so that would be based on them. I I I, I feel I feel fairly comfortable saying that the Grizzlies would probably be willing to move Dylan in that trade. Um, I, I I suspect. That if Dylan gets traded, that would be the only way he gets traded. Like I don't think that like the Grizzlies' decision tree is going to start with do we want to trade Dylan Brooks or not. I think it would be a byproduct, and th- and that is exactly what I would expect it would if it happened. It would be a byproduct of. Do you think there's any need if OG is coming in to move Dylan out? Um, I think that's a possibility. I, I would you know I, that's something that's something that you know I you would need to try to get a feel for, and they'll have a better feel for that internally. Right. Although Dylan said said yesterday, like he doesn't talk to the front office about the trade deadline. Um, I think that's a subject you would need to try to broach with him, with his agent, with other people on the team. I, I think all this stuff is more complicated, you know, than the, the way you talk about it to some degree. And so I think that is, has to be a factor in the thinking. Yes. Now, is it possible that like, if you, if you decide we can't bring OG and an OBN and keep Dylan Brooks, but Toronto doesn't want Dylan Brooks in the trade, does this, then you do then actively look for a trade for Dylan Brooks? Maybe, but even then it would be a byproduct of the other trade. 
I've forgotten about these hypotheticals, which I've asked you before. Uh, Gabe Kuhn, who does the afternoon show now, asked me, he said yesterday, are you team trade or team no trade? And I said, I'm team good trade. You know, like I, that, that that's, is, right. that's not a useful discussion to me. So if I could trade Zaire Williams in a first uh, or even two firsts for OG Ananobi, I'd do it. Um, but if it were uh, Santi Aldama and three firsts and Danny Green, um, would you do that? Like, I, you know, what, 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 what is your sense? Uh, I mean, I would be reluctant. My, my thing is, but my thing is this. I think, you know, I think it's, it can be good sometimes to overpay, depending on the, on the particulars. Right. And I think, and so to, to me, it, it's kind of like trading. Some of these trades will be kind of like trading two quarters and two dimes for a 50 cent piece. And so like you're giving up 70 cents, you're getting back 50 and that sounds like a bad trade. But this is a weird market in which you're only allowed to have 15 coins in your pocket. Right, right. And, and, and the smaller coins are easy to replace. And so if you can just pick up dime, dimes off the sidewalk, you know, and you trade two quarters and a 50 cent, two quarters and two dimes for a 50 cent piece, but then you got three open slots in your pocket, you pick up three dimes off the sidewalk and put them in your pocket, guess what? You got more money, right? Even though you, you gave up more than, than you got in a trade. And that's sort of how I feel about the Ananobi thing. I think. I think people talk about, I wouldn't give up, you know, two picks or three picks unless I'm trading for a star. You're done trading for stars, I think. Right. I think I'd be surprised. To me, the next time a team trades for a quote-unquote star is, like, in four years when, like, their current thing hasn't worked and now you want to, like, shake it up, right? Like the old Toronto thing with Kawhi Leonard. I think, I think you know, you could either, like, attack your greatest weakness, which right now is, like, scoring off the bench, or you could try to raise your ultimate ceiling by improving the most important thing you can improve, which is like the fourth guy in your pecking order. You're not improving one, two, or three. And so the opportunity to improve the fourth guy in the pecking order and to do it not just for the next three months, but over multiple seasons, to me is extremely valuable. And it's probably the single thing to do. And so I think Ananobi is a rare opportunity to do that, and I'm not sure if the opportunity to do that will come around again with a player who fits us perfectly in terms of position and age and skill set. And so my threshold is pretty high. I mean, I, I think overpaying is worth doing. Now, you're talking about three firsts and Santi. That's, that's a pretty steep. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I would do, like, you know, if I'm sitting at the right. table and the clock's ticking. But I'm willing to pay a pretty steep price for this just because I think where the Grizzlies are, I think it's the, it's the single best thing you're likely to be able to do. Well, and it's funny. You can look at, at the state of the Grizzlies now and say, oh, well, you know, doing what they've done recently, maybe this isn't, you know, maybe, maybe they're really not a, a contender this year or what. But the truth of the matter is, like, you look at last night, their three best players are awesome. Like it's not like they're not right. they're struggling because the, there's not enough elite talent. They just have such a glaring weakness, and and yet as we saw last night, Jaron's tremendous, Jaws tremendous, Dez is like they. It, it feels like yeah, they're all know. tremendous. They all complement each other in terms of position and skill set. They're all young. They're all under contract next season. Two to three are under contract for multiple seasons going forward, and the other one will be, I think, by the time, you know, July rolls around, basically. And so, you know, I mean, I've written about this in great detail. You can read it or, or not. But, like, like, I don't assume, like, you get 10 years out of it, but you might. But at a minimum, it should get, like, you know, I, I, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. You can't take for granted ten years, but you can't be thinking about just just today either. Right. And that's why, you know, to me, I would be looking to make a deal that yes helps now, but also sets me up for next season. I would rather 
do a deal that sets me up for next season than just find, you know, a shooter off the bench for the next three months. And that's why I'm a, I'm a pretty big proponent of get Ananobi. By the way, this hated thing, I was thinking about it. I was looking at the roster last night. People, quote-unquote, people hate, whatever. Dylan Brooks is a controversial figure around the league. Ja is fundamentally beloved as a charismatic star who people are somewhat rolling their eyes at. Whatever. But like the rest of the roster, no one hates Jared Jackson Jr. or Desmond Bain or Stephen Adams. Well, the Grizzlies fans well, do hate Stephen Adams. Clay Thompson hates Jared, but, 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 but that's it. Yeah, yeah Clay, Clay hates Jared, but that's it. Uh, were you uh, absolutely transported by the, the uh, LeBron uh, milestone last night, Chris? I missed it live. I was watching some of it, you know, in the locker room right. with everybody else standing around. And then since I wasn't writing, I went home. By the time I got home and got myself settled and sat down, it had literally just happened. So I saw the, the on-court presentation and he, he and Kareem taking pictures together and all that. But I actually didn't see the shot itself in the moment. I did joke to you during the game, like, <laughs> he's going to break this record in an eight-point loss or whatever. That's kind of what happened. Um, I didn't see people I because I was writing at the time. People said that the the Kareem LeBron stuff was a little awkward. They, I guess, have been frosty in the past, and so it was honestly good of Kareem to show up and be there to celebrate it and whatnot. But that it was was it palpably awkward watching that? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't. I guess I haven't gone deep on my my right. personal <laughs> back history. I mean, the, the whole, like, let's pose for the photo, and now you come here, and now this guy comes out right. and you come in for – I mean, that's sort of inherently awkward. Right. And, I mean, you couldn't hear their conversation, so so right. I don't know. Uh, all right, Chris, appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thanks. It's Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphian. We talked a lot about Valentine's Day. I told you where to go to buy – to get your roses and your uh, chocolate and your uh, beautiful diamonds. That's Robert Owen Jewelers. Then you present all this by going to Bounty on Broad where they have a special, it's already commenced, by the way, now through Valentine's Day, special three-course Valentine's dinner. I'm just going to tell you what I'm getting. First course, I'm going to get the pork belly confit. I've been told how that's how you say it. I'm going to then get the Angus strip steak uh, with blackberry port bordelais. And then I'm going to go ahead and finish it off with the dark chocolate souffle cake. And then just roll me out of there. It's a beautiful, beautiful restaurant. Food is absolutely uh, delicious. And they have, again, through Valentine's Day, a special three-course dinner. Uh, phone number is 410-813-1410-813-1-2519, Broad Avenue. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.